0: God, we come to your presence. We enter the Holy of Holies. And God, we ask you to do something this weekend like you've never done before at Think Promise. We ask for a supernatural impartation of a hunger and a deep driving desire for you that overcomes the world. That we will lead the distractions and the busyness and the run, run, run to be still and know that you're God. So, Father, would you do what only you can do? Would you do a sweeping work across all of our campuses this weekend? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? Amen. It's great to have you this weekend. Welcome to all of our campuses. We're thrilled that you're with us. Uh, anybody here know that last song? Yeah. If you've got your hand raised, you're probably a senior saint or your dad or mom are, and like some Petra back in the good old days, some jam. So uh, I asked them to do that song, because we're going to do something really, really different this weekend. If you've been around for a while, you know every year we have a theme, and every year we write a book for the congregation, and the book is just be it'll be done in the next couple of days, and we'll... Get everything ready to send it off to the publisher to distribute it in December, and it we we begin using it January one, and in that book there is a theme for the year which we discussed throughout the month of January. This year's theme out of Isaiah is that God will provide a new river and a new road, rivers in the in the desert and and uh, roads in the wilderness, and so I want to I want to come back to the theme, and I want to invite you into sort of my quiet time with God, my prayer time, because it's it's going to be, for many of you, it's going to be a new river that if you desire, you can drink from. And rivers flow down with provision from God, and roads go up toward the vision that God wants. And so this is going to be an old road, but for many of you, it's going to be a new road. And if you want, you can walk in it. This is where a great deal of my unction and energy comes from. So we're going to take a journey. Is that okay? So every morning, after a few minutes with God, I come to the Lord and I tell God that my desire for you, God, is greater intimacy. The Lord, I desire you more than the air that I breathe or the water that I drink. And God, as a priest and a king unto the Lord, I need another level of anointing to fulfill all the things that you have called me to do. And so, God, would you give us that greater intimacy? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to move from preaching to praying and praying to preaching and roll on. The Scripture says in 1 Peter 2, 9 that we are kings and priests. We're a holy generation, a royal priesthood unto God, that we might proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into light. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a walk to the tabernacle. This is the tabernacle that Moses built, and the reason we're going to do this is because of the pattern of worship and prayer. Out here where all the people are, and the Bible says, we'll enter his gates. These are the gates with thanksgiving. And we'll enter his courts with praise. These are the outer courts with the brazen altar, the laver. Then there's the holy place. It has the table of showbread, the altar of incense, and the lampstand. And then behind that, there is the holy of holies. And so we're gonna walk through that because it's a pattern. Out here is where everyone is. And fewer and fewer and fewer make their way into the Holy of Holies, even though it's acceptable, it's it's available to all of us. Does this make sense? So what I do in my mind is I see the tabernacle, and then I go to the brazen altar, which is the first piece of equipment. On this, multiplied millions of animals were sacrificed without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin and so with the levitical law that God gave Moses there were multiplied offerings sin offerings guilt offerings trespass offerings transgression offerings there are all these offerings and so millions of animals died because of the people it was true it was to expose them to the cost of sin and what sin did now for Those of us who look back through the New Testament, through the Old Testament, this was a type of what Jesus would do on the cross. Because he died once, the just for the unjust to bring us to God. We no longer have to offer sacrifices because he was the ultimate sacrifice. And what we have to realize is because of his sacrifice, what we have available, because of the blood of Jesus that was spilled, we are free. Jesus said, you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there there is liberty. It is for freedom that we were set free. So if you're born again, the blood of Jesus has been applied, and you can walk in freedom from your past and sin and shame if you choose to. But I'm free. I, Isaiah, looking forward to the cross, said through the stripes of the Messiah, we would be healed. I don't know about you, but I'm believing God for the greatest miracles of healing that we've ever seen in the life of faith promise. I'm believing for God to heal Kim Whitehead and multiply others. I believe that God's put healing in my body. I think God wants us to walk in health until he decides to take us home. But I want to be, I, I be able to run for Jesus, I want to buff in my body and make it a slave lest after I preach to others, I would be disqualified. That's what the Apostle Paul said. So I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from the curse. The curse of law is death, sin, and the grave, separation eternally from God. I'm redeemed. I'm bought out of that. I'm redeemed from a spirit of poverty because he that that was rich became poor so that we might become the, the riches of Christ in him. And so, by the provisions of God, man, I, He said, through all of our needs be met according to His riches and glory. So, I'm no longer worried about poverty because I'm an adopted son of God and God takes care of His children. I'm redeemed from negative thinking. I'm a big faith, positive thinker, believing God's future for us is better. Than the past that we had i don't think the good old days are in the past i think the good old days are today and moving into the future so i reject the negative thinking of the culture in which we live are you with me i've rejected negative thinking and lies that the world and people and teachers and coaches and people have placed on me does this make sense because the bible says i can be conformed to this world that's if i want to i can be negative and critical or i can be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that i can prove that with the will of god is that which is good and acceptable and perfect i choose to be positive i choose no longer to believe the lies i choose to walk in freedom i also know that because of what jesus said every every assignment of hell against me is canceled because colossians chapter 2 said all the transgressions and everything that i have done was nailed to the cross And it is remembered no more. So the enemy has no access because of what? Jesus. I'm an adopted son of God. This body now is the temple. Your body is not your own. It is bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your mortal body. And so I'm a priest of this temple. You're a priest of that temple. We're kings and priests. We have a new identity. We have been adopted as sons and daughters of God. We are new creatures in Christ and new creations. Old things have passed. Thank God new things have passed come. Why? Because of what Jesus did for us. Now, we're just in the outer courts. Are y'all ready? You're not ready. You're not ready. Man, put your seatbelt on, because listen, this is just the first piece. We move from here, we go to the next piece, which is the bronze laver. Now, the priests have killed the animals. They are nasty and sweaty, so before they go in the holy place, they wash. And in my mind, after I'm done remembering what Jesus has done for me and what he bought, and now that I'm overflowing with gratitude, are you with me? Overflowing, I go and, and I look into the mirror, which is the labor, and I call on God for a full-scale investigation. Search me, oh God, and know me. Try me, oh God, and know if there's any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the way that is everlasting. And then I arm myself with 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just, forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Because see, I, my, it's not about the eyes of the world. It's not even about my eyes. Because we can justify anything, can't we? It's about, I, it's about how the eyes of the Lord see. So I ask myself, as I stand before the, the bronze labor, 10 questions, 10 questions. I'll post all these if you want them. These 10 questions come out of the Ten Commandments. Say, God, number one, have I worshiped any other gods in the last 24 hours? Have I put myself above you in this vessel? Have I put my relationship with Michelle or my relationship as the pastor of Faith Promise? God, forgive me if anything in my life has usurped your authority or your position and preeminence as the absolute God over everything that I am and over this vessel. Forgive me, God. Number two, Lord, have I bowed to any idols? We live in a culture that is an idol factory. We worship superstars, people worship ball teams, people worship money, success, greed, sex, on and on and on and on. God, have I bowed to any idols? God, forgive me for bowing to anything other than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, forgive me for bowing to success, our numbers, our materialism, our money, or greed God forgive me Lord I just rebuke that culture and ask that I would be full of the Holy Spirit even in, even today number three God have I taken your name in vain have I laughed at jokes or someone's taken your name in vain have I been entertained by movies who take but where, where the people take your name in vain any of your names God Elohim Adonai El Shaddai the God Jesus and God is making me more aware in my culture of what's going on around me. Are y'all with me? Because see, we get numb to sin because we don't think about it. But if you're standing before the labor every day and calling for a full-scale investigation, can I tell you the next time somebody in your presence takes the name of the Lord and be, oh, I'm so sorry I heard that, God. Because God's name reflects God's character and God's awe and mysterium tremendum. God, forgive me. God, have I honored the Sabbath and this is so hard for me. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm a doer, I got a lot of energy and I love to work and I tend to be a workaholic. If I'm not working here, I'm working at home. But God said to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. God, have I honored your Sabbath? Forgive me, God, where I have worked seven days a week like it depends on me and not you. God, by faith, you said to take one day off and set it aside to replenish and bring our tithes into the storehouse. Forgive me, God, when I've not rested, when I've not followed the biblical pattern, but I, have, but I have pushed my agenda in front of yours. God, would you forgive me for that? God, have I honored my parents or have I blamed my parents? Come on, church. We live in a culture that blames parents for everything. Everything. It's not my fault. It's my mom and dad's fault. Hey, come on. None of us had perfect parents. Are you with me? none of us, but we live in a culture in America of dishonoring everyone. It just kills me when I hear people say Trump or Obama. It's President Trump. It's President Obama. It's yes sir and no sir. It's honoring the the authority that God has placed over us. God, would you forgive me for living in a culture consumed with dishonor? Because when I dishonor those that you have placed over me, I dishonor you. And so God, forgive me for arrogance and pride and rebellion and and my heart that wants to usurp me. God, forgive me. Let me be submissive to those you placed over me. Do I kill by hating God? Is there anyone in my life that I'm bitter or angry that I've reserved malice in my heart? Is there anyone that I want to get back? God, would you forgive me? Lord, I release everyone who's hurt me. The man that sexually abused me, I release him, God. I release those that have lied about me, those that have hurt me. You said to bless those that hurt us, to pray for those that persecute us, God. And so, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I know that I've hurt a lot more people than people have hurt me. So, God, I release them. Forgive me where I've hurt others, but, oh, God, forgive me if I've taught my children to this congregation to try to get even. Oh, God, vengeance is yours. You will repay. So, God, it's up to you. But I'm not letting anyone hinder me from the Holy of Holies because of what I've experienced. Number seven, for many of us, this is going to be really tough. Have I committed adultery? In my mind, have I entertained lustful thoughts, God? Have I lingered long over an Instagram post or a commercial or or? looking at seeing some female. God, forgive me for idolatry in the female form. I say with Job, I've made a covenant with my eyes that will not look upon a maid. Oh God, make Michelle the most beautiful woman that I will ever see. God, and just give me purity of thought. Holy Spirit, you're in my heart. I don't want to grieve you by lustful, evil thoughts. Forgive me, God. Let me walk in purity. Am I stealing? Have I robbed Faith promise, have I given the hours that I should give it? Have I tried to steal your glory or your credit? All the stuff you've done in my life and act like it's because of my hard work, God, would you forgive me for you get all the glory and the, cl- and the credit? Lord, forgive me when I've taken that which is yours or anyone else's. Have I witnessed falsely? Have I lied? Have I exaggerated? Or have I been a truthful, honest, bold witness for Jesus? Forgive me, God. And then this is a, this is, it's tough for me. I don't know about you. But have I coveted? Have I desired somebody else's house or their car or their wife or their kids? Have I desired, oh God, another pastor's church that is way bigger than this? Have I desired another pastor's gifts? Those guys that read nationwide best-selling books or churches that are 40, 50, 100,000 people on the weekend. Have I coveted someone else's ability? God, forgive me. You've already let me live Ephesians 3.20. I have a lack of gratitude and desire that which is someone else's. God, you're an abundant, grace-giving good God. Forgive me when I've coveted that which is someone else's God. I only want that which you want for me, so God, forgive me. Then I put on the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, spending a few moments on the helmet of salvation because Jesus was crucified on the place of the skull. I put, I put on the helmet of salvation that in my mind I am crucified with the Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not be the Christ that lives in me, in which the life which I live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now all we've done so far, are you with me? If you're with me, say I am. All that we've done is gotten ready. All that we've done is prepared in the outer courts. Because now fewer and fewer go deeper into the tabernacle, the pattern of prayer and worship. We're going to move in the holy place. And the first thing we see are the candlesticks.
1: Take me into the holy of holies. Take me. The
0: sevenfold candelabra resents the Holy Spirit and the sevenfold Spirit of God we read about in Revelation chapter 4. And here I ask for Ephesians 4.30 to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3, because I've repented of any sin. Therefore, times of refraction will come from the power of the Holy Spirit, and I just surrender right here. This is why I say, Lord, I surrender. I need to be filled. I need to be anointed today as a priest in this vessel, as a pastor of an incredible congregation. I need Your anointing to fulfill what You called me to do today. Does this make sense? And then, in the uh, as we as we as I'm here, then I ask for seven things. Wisdom has hewn out her palace. She has laid her seven. Pillars, I ask the Holy Spirit for seven things. Are you with me? Maybe you need some of this. I ask him first for wisdom. I don't know about you, but I need a ton of wisdom. Anybody need some wisdom in the house of God? I need wisdom for where's our next campus and what's our next mission and who's our next staff member and what direction do you want us to go? What do you want changed about faith promise? God, this is your church and your word and your spirit and your vision and your deal. Holy God, would you give me wisdom? Solomon said, I'm like a child. I don't know how to go out and come in. I need your wisdom. And Lord, as you're giving me wisdom, I need by your spirit understanding because I need to know the steps that you want us to take. By faith, we're believing you for great things, but there are things that you want us to do. God, give me understanding how to take those steps, how to help people. Then God, would you give me counsel? God is the mighty... Counselor, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting God. Father, I need counsel. I don't want to put a Band-Aid on a hurt. I don't want to medicate a a symptom. But Lord, when the people I deal with give me the wisdom to pull the seed with the power of the scalpel of the Holy Spirit to cut out the seed of the problem so that marriages will be restored, ministries will grow, groups will thrive, people will be discipled, and we will build the greatest church to sit at at Pentecost right here in East Tennessee, oh God, give me counsel. (laughs) Lord, I need your might, I need your power. I need your power to defeat the dark forces that would come against this church. I need your power for signs and wonders. We need your power for healing, God. We need your power to move. And then God, we need knowledge, knowledge of the Holy God, knowledge of the Word of God, knowledge of how to walk in this wicked world. And then God, would you fill me with the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, that I might not sin and I walk softly before you, God. Give me the fear of the Lord and then last, give me holiness. For the scripture says that holiness, none of us will see the Lord. And oh, how I need, want, hunger, thirst after God, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul longeth after thee, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, like a cracked ground opening its mouth, longing for a drink of water. How my soul longers for the, longs for the presence of God, longs for the power of God, longs for the anointing of God. Man, and I'm asking God to give you a double dose of the Holy Ghost and hunger for what God wants to do and draw you into the Holy of Holies. Next, we move to the table of showbread.
1: Take me into the heart.
0: showbread represents the word of God Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God I ask God for two things, I ask God for the logos, which is the written word it is ours potentially, but not practically it is ours potentially because there's over 7,000 promises in this Bible for you but you've got to know them to walk in them, and if you don't know them you won't receive them, are y'all with me? So I need the Logos to open up. I also need the rhema. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. It is a revelation of a word of God for you. And I ask God for rhemas for us. I ask God for rhemas for you, because when God gives you a rhema, you've got more authority and more power to pray for that. So in 2010, when God told me we would be at 10,000 by 2020, I began to pray it and believe it. Nobody believed it with me. Nobody, I don't even think Michelle bought into it at that point in the ballgame. It wasn't until six years later that people started saying, hey, we could be at 10,000 by 2020. Well, okay, you know faith, no believing God. Six years later, you now believe, oh, of course, we're running 6,000. You can see it. You couldn't see it when we were at 2,000. But I'm telling you, God will give a He spoke to me last year and said revival is going to break out at Faith Promise. It was a rhema that God gave Peter and said, get out of the boat. He didn't say it to anybody else. If anybody else would have got out, they would have sunk, but not Peter because he had a rhema from Jesus. And I pray God will give you those. Are y'all with me? Does this make sense? And here I'm gonna, Isaiah 40, 31, those that wait upon the Lord shall gain new strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. People say, Pastor, how do you keep going? Where do you get all the energy? By waiting for the Lord. Now listen, many of us don't have any energy because we run 24-7 and we rarely wait upon Him. It, are y'all with me? Because the world's a trap. The world may- is the biggest distraction that anyone has ever seen to keep you out. He can't take your salvation if you're born again, The world can't, but it can sure distract you from entering into the holy of holies. And then we move to the altar of incense. In the altar of incense, God gives Moses an exact formula for the incense that would be made. And that incense was strictly forbidden to be used anywhere except in the tabernacle and for worship. Can I tell you, our worship is strictly for God. It's not for your ball team. It's not for your rock and roll or country western star. It's not for a movie star. Our worship is reserved for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we give it to no one but our God that we serve. It says in the book of Hebrews that we have bold access to draw close in time of need. So here what I do is I just bask God, you are worthy today, you're holy today. God, you're limitless in your power and your potential and your authority and your ability. And so God, I ask you to, would you breathe the ruach, the wind of God into my heart? Would you fill the sails of faith promise, God? Would you fill us with a movement that would sweep thousands of people in these hills and hollers into your kingdom, oh God? Would you move marriages that are falling apart, people that that are out there giving their bodies away, people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol and money and greed, Oh, God, would you breathe the freshness? What you have is so greater than the sickness this world offers. Oh, God, you are worthy. And I just bask for a few minutes at the altars. Anybody want some of this? I just bow at the altar of incense. And now that we've, we've made our way through the holy place, we come to the veil that separates the holy of holies.
1: Take me into the heart
0: veil that separates and once a year the priest would go in and he would put the blood on this the mercy seat underneath the cherubim but inside this box is the copy of the law that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai scribed with his own fingers but when Jesus died on the cross he applied the blood to the mercy seat in heaven to the true tabernacle And he applied it and what it did is it covered the law. And we need to be grateful for that blood because see, because of the blood, if if there were no blood on the mercy seat, we would all still be condemned by what's inside the God box. Are you with me? But because it's covered, now it's a mercy seat. And the law no, no longer condemns me but it counsels me it's not my master but it is a mirror that i get to see because of what jesus did man we can walk with him to have bold access to find grace to help in time of need no matter what you've done romans chapter 8 verse 1 is true there is now no condemnation to those that are in christ jesus ephesians just said that we are already seen with christ in the heavenlies. Blessed with all spiritual blessings, the law was covered. For he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And I just stopped and I thank Jesus that I'm saved. I'm so unworthy. I thank Jesus I was delivered from drugs and alcohol and being a whoremonger. I thank God that now I'm blessed with an incredible family, with an amazing church, with the Holy Spirit, and God, I believe that you're going to move, and I believe you're going to inject this weekend a double dose of Holy Ghost of hunger in every promiser that we can't help but run daily into the Holy of Holies and bask and worship this God who is worthy. Oh, God, would you do it, Father. You did it for me. Oh, God, would you do it for them. Forgive us, God, when we run distracted, helter-skelter, run, 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 to school and to breakfast and then lunches and work and then practice and run and run and run and run. Forgive us, O oh God. Help us be still and know that you are God and you alone. Oh God, let it be so. Now, the scripture says that when Jesus was on the cross, he said seven things. The last thing he said was "tetelestai," which is in the Greek means "paid in full." If you went to the bank and you paid off a contract in Jesus' day, they would stamp the contract "tetelestai." Jesus said "tetelestai," their sins are paid for. And as soon as he said that and breathed his last, God the Father ripped the veil because he couldn't wait to have a relationship with you. He couldn't wait for you to for you to to meet him and get to walk and call him Abba. Father, he could not wait for you to enter into the Holy of Holies. Now the religious people, buddy, they sewed that sucker right back up, but God had already opened it. And some of you have had the wrong view of God. You didn't realize what a loving sacrificial God that he really is, the God of this book. And maybe you're ready to surrender your life up and follow him. I did it 36 years ago. The greatest decision I've ever made was surrendering my life to His Lordship and His kingship. Are y'all with me? And trying to do my best to walk in obedience to Him. So if you're ready, with every head bowed, every eye closed at all of our campuses, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, pray this prayer with us. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned and we're separated. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. I will live for you. I will follow you. Give me greater intimacy every day with you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, are you thrilled you came to the house of God this weekend? My mercy. My mercy. Now, if you just prayed with me, online you can click right there you can go to the chat room the rest of the campus is in front of you is a communication card we've already asked our guests to fill it out we don't ask you to participate in the offering guests. just put the offering bot offering your the card in the offering bucket has passed by and out these center doors there are information desks with offerings for you we've got a box we want to give you it's got a shirt it's got some other stuff we're just thrilled you're with us and we're just glad you're our honored guest but if you prayed with, uh, prayed with me, just check the first circle on the bottom of that card, maybe the second circle. You need baptism because God is doing a work. In fact, we start next weekend at the movies. It's going to be incredible, four weeks. The last weekend, we're going to have a giant baptism of people that have been saved through all this month or people that need to obey the Lord. It's going to be incredible. Take some cards with you, take some door hangers, man, knock, invite. Next weekend, let us, I mean, and all the, let's pack this place out. We're going to need some of you guys to move to Saturday night at 845 so that we have room for the people that are coming. Why? Because we want them to get to walk in the Holy of Holies like we do. Are you with me? See, I love God so much, I want everybody to get to experience God like I do. I mean, He is my Father. Wow. I'm blessed beyond belief. Now, as we get ready for generosity, which this is another part of part of worship. When you're intimate with God, man, you just wanna be generous and give to God and bring your tithes every weekend in the storehouse. Because of your generosity, one of our partners on the Mishfield's name is Ethan. Ethan met a young man, 23 named Omar, who was a Syrian refugee. At eight, his mother and father were murdered. He and his sister across the desert of Libya, where his sister was also killed. He then got on some boats to try to sail to Italy, to try to get away from the persecution. And there were three boats, two of them sank in the middle and everyone died. His boat sank near the edge and the Italians were able to rescue them out of the surf. That's where Ethan met Omar. Ethan's one of our partners. Ethan sat down and gave Omar the first Bible he'd ever seen and sat down with him and watched the Jesus film. And Ethan now is walking with Omar as he is about to give his heart to Jesus. Can I tell you, around the world, because of your generosity, people are coming to faith. Matter of fact, can I tell you something? The greatest harvest that's ever happened in the world is happening today. In the last 35 years, more people have come to Jesus than the entire 2,000 years before that. It's incredible. But here's, the, here's what breaks my heart about that. We're missing it. We're missing it in America. Guys doing signs and wonders and miracles, Muslims are having dreams about Jesus. God is moving in radical ways in China, in the Middle East, and we're missing it. You know why I believe we're missing it? Because we're just too busy and distracted, and Satan laughs while we have more and more hobbies and more and more toys and take more and more vacations, and we are entertained to death. And every day we run past the Holy of Holies, never stopping. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I want you to be hungry. Are you with me? That's what God wants for us. I don't want to miss a revival, do y'all? And so, man, let's press in. As we get ready to give, I'm our prayer and rush is going to come forward. God, thank you that there is no condemnation. Thank you that we're adopted. Thank you that we are blessed. Thank you that we are highly favored sons and daughters. Thank you, God, that even though Jesus knew no sin, he became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Thank you, God, for every promise in the Bible. Thank you, God, for your mega blessings that many of us are completely unaware of. Blow our minds with what you are and what you've done. And God, let us walk in sheer gratitude as servants of the Most High God. Bless this offering, God. The gift and the givers. our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. give him a shout, church, as we get ready to give.